1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way, it shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting and the following. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: This is part two of prepping with a biblical mindset for uncertain times. times. So very relevant topic, very important. And uh, like a lot of things, we don't want to go too deep into one ditch or another. In fact, we don't want to be in any ditches. We want to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think there needs to be a balance talked about here. And if you joined us in part one, which by the way, this episode does stand alone, all of our series stand alone and have valuable content in each part of them. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you haven't checked out part one, check it out after you listen to this episode, because it's really good. We talked about.
1: We talked about many things, but Primarily spiritually preparing your mind and your kids' minds for uncertain times.
0: Which that's the most important thing. If you any other part of prepping and you miss that one, you just kind of missed it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, truly, we're now. So Isaac said that there's a balance to be had, and it's between the concept of um, of being content and in, in what you have, and also being prepared and thinking about the future and having vision, biblical vision about what God's word says has to happen in order for the end to come eventually
0: and we shared a lot of stories and also our the other point of uh, part one was resourcefulness not only developing more resourcefulness as uh, parents, but also modeling Mm -hmm. resourcefulness and teaching your kids how to be resourceful Mm -hmm. uh, in these uncertain times. And, you know, we used a table saw example and lots of different things. So you should go check that out. The power of books for a whole different reason uh, and building Mm -hmm. your library. So some of those things, you can go check that out in part one, if you haven't already, if you've already checked it out, you're ready for part two, uh, which we're going to talk about. We promised we're going to give our list that's right. And it's not, a, you know, it's it's not maybe a complete, a complete list. list. We're not like expert preppers or anything like that. No, no. But these are things that God has put on our heart. Other people have shared with us. Uh, we have felt prompted to do uh, to be mm-hmm. practically preparing uh, just so that we can take care of our family and our jurisdictions mm-hmm. well and be a blessing to others, shall we need to be.
1: That's right. So before we dive into our list, yeah, you and I were talking after we finished the first Um, episode or the first part of this um, two-part series, and we're talking about the term uncertain times, Mm -hmm. which when we first actually started the Courageous Parenting Ministry, which is equipping confident Christian kids for an uncertain world, we didn't think, I mean, we were thinking about uncertain times as in like multi-generational, obviously we've been in end times since Jesus left, are we all discipling our children, this concept, right? Of those kinds of uncertain times. But the truth is, is there's a different kind of uncertain times that everyone experiences, meaning, guess what? Sometimes you don't always know when you're going to lose a job. You don't always know when you're going to lose a spouse, Mm -hmm. if they are going to die or a child or pregnancy loss, or if you're going to go through massive health issues like cancer that are going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially, or have a car accident that's going to have ramifications. Right. And so there are many trials testings, different things that we are going to experience because the future is uncertain and we can have our faith in Christ. Yeah. But so as we talk about our list today, it's not just end times. Right. Okay. It's uncertain times. We titled that for a reason because this is applicable to anyone, anywhere, at good. any time.
0: It's good. And the other two points we're going to talk about is marriage prep and marriage the power of community with some relevant new examples, especially us moving to a new state. Yes. and uh and that's cool. So, before we dive in, thanks for being part of the 1 million legacies movement. Your sharing on social media is so encouraging. Uh your five-star reviews and written reviews on iTunes are incredibly helpful to help the algorithms get the podcast out there further. Uh we really believe every time we put a podcast episode together that it is for the masses, that people need this. The spirit prompts us and we communicate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it literally is the prompting from you. God uses you to tell us what we should talk about. And we hear that reverberating amongst many people and we share it. We listen. This is, we're doing something together. Uh, It's your legacy. It's our legacy and our legacies together and how we help people in our local communities that makes a difference. Local is important these days, isn't it? You matter in your local community and this ministry Mm -hmm. uh, could be a part of that. So if you share it, it's helping people, we believe, and uh, you believe as well. So together, we impact is the way we look at this. So thank you so much for all of that. Mm -hmm. CourageousParenting.com, all show notes. Uh, You can donate there. Uh, You can get free resources. You can purchase the parenting program, the Homeschool Blueprint, the postpartum uh, course, uh, Redeeming Childbirth, also at CourageousMom.com. Okay. So let's dive into this. We're going to kick it off with the uh, something in the Book of James, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm a doer and the Book of James is a lot about doing. Uh, it's very short and to the point. When I was a new believer, it was one of my very, very favorite books. Now I've kind of I have a more diversity in my favorites, but uh, <laughs> but it, it really was because I'm such a doer. I'm like, just say it plainly, please, and say it as short as possible. and to the point, that's me. And uh, I like this. Okay, so here's the plain, to the point, Book of James. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I just love how much is said there in a short period, uh, a couple sentences. Very good.
1: So this is a, you know, if you were listening a few minutes ago, then you heard um, me sharing about how uncertain times is reflective in two different categories. There's uncertain times, meaning end times, right? Yeah. At the end um, since Jesus left. And we now have the Holy Spirit here with us to guide us, um, activated in those who follow Jesus. And then we have uncertain times as in like, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't worry about it. Yeah. Like Matthew 6 which we shared episode, in the previous 625. Yep, that's right. Um, but there are going to be uncertain times. And so knowing that, because the Bible says this, wouldn't it be wise and prudent of us to be um, making wise decisions so that when things do happen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: our kids are um, more taken care of. Our jurisdictions are more taken care of.
0: And it says right here in the next okay. part, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it'll be given to him. Okay. And we have to ask him faith, it says the next part. Yes. So without doubting and um all these mm-hmm. things. So super, super important yeah. to have faith. Uh, faith is simple. It's simply mm-hmm. believing, it's not having anxiety or worry or anything like that. Uh, we cover that at length great length. We're mm-hmm. not preparing because we're worried about anything. We're not preparing because we have anxiety about anything. No. We believe God has given us a jurisdiction of Yeah, nine kids, because ninth is coming. Uh, It's given us jurisdiction jurisdiction. of our marriage to steward well, Give us a jurisdiction of resources, physical and monetary to steward well. Mm -hmm. And um, and now this land that we're on. And as we said in the last episode, you might be in different seasons. These things we're talking about, you might not be able to do yet. Uh, We remember that. We remember struggling to put food on the table not so many years ago when our business failed Um, and people, uh, because they were prepared they were able to help us
1: and that's really important aspect of this you know when we read um scripture verses like matthew 6 where it talks about how god provides for the birds of the air and and the lilies of the fields he is the one remember in psalm 24 we also shared this too everything in the world (laughs) is God's and everyone who's in it is God's. Yeah, And so we need to teach that to our kids so that they have a biblical perspective on the things that are given to us, the things that we receive, but also the things that we earn. And when we have that perspective, we don't hold on to things so tightly and we're more like giving it back to God. And then he tells us how to use it, whether it's for our family or for our neighbors or for other people in the body of Christ that are in need or a perfect stranger. And so we need to be very much in tune with the whole word of God to be able to discern that understanding that some of the ways that God provides for people, for example, the birds, mm-hmm. some of the ways, but, I mean, I, I'll be honest, if I was to look outside, there is maybe one fruit tree Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in a lot of acres because the elk eat them
0: all. Yeah, well, destroy
1: them. Well, they do. And but we're also in a high desert area where a lot of stuff doesn't grow unless it's tended to, watered
0: oh, by a person yeah.
1: that is has who understands their jurisdiction that God gave them in Genesis to tend steward to the, the land, to yeah. tend your garden, to yeah. dominion, right? And we talked a little bit about that. And so it's just important to understand that yes, God provides for the birds, but sometimes he does it through you planting that berry tree or that fruit tree Amen. and you watering it and fertilizing it and taking care of it. So it same goes for people. Same goes for people. And sometimes you're going to hit those uncertain times and a brother's going to provide me. So we wanted to share with you guys um, about our... List of things that have helped us to be resourceful because the last point we talked about was resourcefulness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We went into great detail.
0: I would say this is a prep list or, or, you know, there are, or topics to think about yes. how you need to respond to them.
1: Now, as always, our show notes are at courageousparenting.com. Just go to the menu bar, hit podcast, the latest podcast, and you can see the notes. If you're like listening while you're driving, you can't take notes and you're like, man, this is one I really wanted to list for, right?
0: And these are good discussions to have as a married couple. Yeah. And that's one of our points with. We'll talk about later.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about preparing your marriage and marriage prep together.
0: Okay. Okay. So let's do it. So the first one we have on our list is the RV, probably because it's a remnant of our early thinking, uh, on this stuff years and years ago. I think we've had it 11 years now Mm -hmm. and, uh, it has been instrumental. Now one, there's really two reasons why we got the RV. Uh, it was a major purchase purchase. It's a class, a diesel pusher. They're not cheap, uh, we had young kids at the time, but we had quite a few young kids at the time. We had
1: five under seven.
0: Okay. And that was increasingly making packing all of their things and renting a room somewhere very hard or flying somewhere very difficult. Yeah. Or, And we wanted them not to feel like they didn't have a fun childhood or experience things other smaller families did just because we were big family. We didn't want them to not want to also have a big family, if that's what God called them to, uh, mm-hmm. because they had this belief that, well, you can do more when you have a smaller family. So we wanted to just burst that bubble, bubble. right away. And RV actually freed us to be able to actually do mm-hmm. so many things and not be limited by the size of our family
1: and we were able to so we also bought it because it was um during a time just before writing redeeming childbirth i was about to start speaking at different conferences and we would pile everybody into the yeah. rv and go to homeschool conference and i'd speak it at was those. a ministry
0: tool for lots of different reasons yeah. and we drove it to our family to la when i was giving a talk okay. in the business world Sweet. at a major speech and which was
1: a huge mission like mini mission trip with a lot of kids because people in that organization were younger yeah. and we were really one of very few amount of couples that was married let alone also had kids and many kids and so it was a huge testimony to be able to be there with our children and for them to see we, dad and sharing. we believe it
0: had a lot of impact so yeah. but the really the, so that's one reason overall reason and yeah. the, the other reason was for safety and protection of our family yes because it's not easy to maneuver lots of people um it's not easy to use uh, air transportation, especially if they require vaccines or things like that. Uh, we were thinking along some of these lines back mm-hmm. then, and we're like, we really want to have more ability to jump up and go if we need to yeah. and house our family, uh, and that has become important. Uh, for you know, if something happens to our house, actually, right? Uh, like
1: if there was a fire or I remember. if there was an earthquake, we used to talk about this kind of stuff. If yeah. there was ever a danger, like to have the RV already set up with the most basic necessities, so that we could just pile all the kids in and we could go.
0: You might be thinking, well, that's great, but we can't afford an RV. I get it. We, yep. we, there's lots of times we couldn't afford things mm-hmm. and we pray for them and God provides them later on and mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Just an idea. Uh, you could also use a, a smaller trailer, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, But, you know, it's been important for us. We, the, we were smoked out uh, where we lived in uh, Bend, Oregon at uh, one Twice. point, a couple times. But one and, time really and, bad. And, and respiratory problems were starting to happen with our kids. There was uh, ash, ash yeah. uh, coming down in the sky. Um and so we jumped in the R V and we went to a different different state, different place where it was cleaner. Mm-hmm. Uh and that wasn't happening. Um we've used it to move two times. Yeah. Uh, we would scout out Idaho. We, we went all throughout Idaho to figure out where we wanted to live.
1: Even moving to Central Oregon, it was harder to find a home that could house eight people.
0: Yeah. And it
1: took us about three months. And so we would drive from Portland over to Bend, it took us three months of doing this back and forth, back and forth, where we would stay in the RV and we'd take our Suburban and we'd go look at houses and stay in the RV.
0: And So and it's now, been helpful
1: many times. And now
0: today, you know, with the possibility of not being able to fly unless you vaccinate and we're just, you know, you can have your own opinion about that, but our opinion is that we're not going to do that. Or
1: or even like last year when there was COVID, like traveling and being able to do a little vacation with our kids and continue the tradition that we have of seeing the world, seeing geography. We went and saw the cliff dwellings in Mesa Verde. We saw Arches National Park. We were able to do things, whereas everyone else who normally would travel via plane and car rentals wasn't able to do that because of COVID. Yeah, Yeah, and hotels were closed down all over the United States last year. So and so and borders. We were closed as well into other countries. Funny story so.
0: on that trip, our RV actually broke down and we got a taste of what it's like not having an RV uh, with a large family. And mm-hmm. I had to call uh, 12 hotels in El Paso, Texas, where we were broke down uh, to finally re- find one hotel mm-hmm. that would be willing to house us. Uh, we still had to get two rooms, but they were so close together at the end of the hall, it ended up. Working mm-hmm. and they were willing to break their occupancy rules uh, <laughs> with two rooms to fit us. Because so there was nine uh, of us. Were, yeah, or uh, ten, yeah. an incredible hotel uh, downtown El Paso. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stanton House. I want to give them a plug because they were very helpful to us. Yes. Uh, so anyways, uh, RV has been a huge tool, a great thing uh, for us. Um, I, will,
1: I will also say, too, you know how we were just saying like uncertain certain times can mean different things, right? Yeah. There is also the, the reality is the RV became a financial tool. Um, blessing to us when the business went out of business because True. we were able to turn it into a side business, which actually we was it. something that our sons at the time, I think, wasn't Austin maybe 13 or 12 or yeah. anyways, he helped us run that business. You were able to teach him how to do that because you were working on a, a, multiple yeah. other things at the time, but it helped provide so that we could actually eat.
0: <laughs> now I'll tell you. I don't want you to think that, oh, this is great. Now I can just get an R V and I can rent it out. It's it's a it's bit a of, of It's a lot of work. There's risk, there's work, there's insurance, there's things to do, things to learn. Uh, but and for people us people
1: did get an accident. And, and, and it got an accident, and you have cost, to be willing to
0: yep. not hold on to things too tightly at all, mm-hmm. which we don't. Um, they're just things. Uh, but insurance fixes things, which is cool. But yeah, <laughs> you you have to you have to be, you know, learn those things, and we did, and it, it helped us be able to buy food, literally. Uh, yes, so it and, became a tool yeah. to buy food for us. Um, freezers, you know, uh, extra freezers, something to think about.
1: That's something that um, I think the first time that we had like, a, like an abnormal amount of freezers. I mean, maybe not for our size family. It was when we lived in Damascus. We had three freezers out in the garage. And then we also had our fridge and freezer combo that was in the house. And then we had a fridge and freezer combo also in the garage because we had chickens and we needed the extra fridge for that. We had we would get a half of a heifer. We'd get a quarter of a hog, get a bunch of chickens. And then, of course, we'd get fish from your dad a lot to 150 pounds of tulipia. And we would be ready for about a year. So
0: having bulk, how long can you go without relying on things in a store? Because remember, in most places, uh, stores have about three to four days worth of groceries uh that will last without trucks delivering more right does that make sense so if 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 trucks get delayed if uh, transportation gets delayed for whatever reason there's like three or four days worth of stuff there right and so that's kind of boggles the mind doesn't it how much they go through but um you should have
1: and in an epidemic like what we experienced all places were limiting how many um how much meat you could buy for example i remember going to costco um, in May and each membership was limited to two types of meat and you could only get one chicken. You could only get one package of chicken or two which dozen eggs. Well, well, actually it was one. It, it was got one. down to one dozen eggs, which I, I'm, I'm sorry. It, doesn't work, like for it doesn't work for our family when you have seven sons or six, seven men in the family. We have seven men and, and, two daughters and then myself and we're all eating. That's 10 people to feed. I
0: remember that. And I remember going to Walmart and there were literally like three dozen eggs even left. Yeah. And I remember, you know, grabbing, I was so tempted to break the rules, but then I knew how everybody was just going to like freak out on me uh, even though we had, so it doesn't matter how many kids we have. It doesn't matter that people don't one know dozen unless you eggs take everyone in wouldn't even you. feed our family for breakfast. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. It would be deemed unfair. And so I grabbed my one dozen mm-hmm. and, and left. And I just remember thinking, mm, that's not going to happen again. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen as soon as we can. And it's mm-hmm. taken us a while. We're just now getting our chicken coop going and these and kinds And they of won't
1: lay right away. But, but they'll lay in like four or five months. But the reality is, though, guys, these are the things that we're talking about regarding uncertain times. Like You don't want to be caught in a place where you're called as a parent to provide for your family, right? God is going to take care of you. But if you have warning ahead of time, are you just going to stay there? Like, if you know a fire is coming towards your home, are you just going to stay in your home and let it burn? Or are you going to get in your car and you're going to evacuate your home with your kids? Or preemptively
0: dig a ditch and cut down anything that could burn between you and the fire.
1: I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of things. We could go on and on with examples. The reality is, is we shouldn't just be sitting inactive, when we could be active, so what
0: can you do is in a thing. way to yeah. be
1: prepared? And so having extra freezers for that is important. But people might actually go, okay, but what happens if you lose electricity? Now those freezers work.
0: So let's talk about electricity. That's the big. That's a really big one. You have to have multiples if you can. You know, multiple sources of fuel, multiple sources of energy, energy ways to power things, and that's really important. So one of the things that we now have is a. 250 gallon propane tank um, that a generator can connect to. So we can convert propane into electricity to power things. And that's- We have a stove
1: and an oven hooked up to that. And then we have an oven that's hooked up to electricity. And
0: then we had to replace the hot water heaters in this house. And so we chose to use a propane tankless hot water heater. And then Mm -hmm. we also have an electric hot water heater as well, uh, just so that, you know, we can have hot water should something happen. Uh, and I can plug my generator into that, and it takes very, very little energy, actually, and it's mostly using propane to heat the house's water. So I'm just thinking through these things. I'm not an expert mm-hmm. at this. I'm just like, okay, the house already came with a propane tank, praise yep. God. How can we now leverage that mm-hmm. to have another fuel source if the power grid goes out? And
1: it was helpful. It was something that we experienced when we lived on the ranch in, in Tumalo, too. We had propane for stove and oven and yeah. had to replace that. So we also have our barbecue that's hooked up to the propane as well. Um, and so so there's just different different things you have to prioritize you know um getting gasoline and diesel i mean obviously you guys we've known that as soon as the this administration was going to go into office, that gas prices would spike. I didn't think they would spike as fast as they have. We're already here in Idaho at three forty nine a gallon, three to three fifty nine a gallon for a gallon of diesel, mm-hmm. which is insane. So, um, you know, it's just going to go up higher by summer. What do you? I mean,
0: I mean, I think it's possible to go to five dollars. I think there's really an effort to. Um, and we're talking about the U S right now, so you can keep this in perspective to your own country, Mm -hmm. but I think there's really an effort of destroying the U S dollar and, um, causing, causing enough chaos and problems so that you can do sweeping change, uh, liberal minded sweeping change. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I actually believe I Mm -hmm. used to not, but I actually believe this is on purpose. Um, and so forth. So, you know,
1: there's also the element of they, they want people to be as isolated as possible. I mean, that's what I'll just say it. Like isolation is the game plan of the devil. I'm just going to, I believe that always. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants people in darkness and to be hidden and to be alone. And the reality is, is that when gas costs more, it's harder for people to get out, go about and travel Yeah, in cars. Yeah. And so, um, Anyway, that's just something to think about right there that there's there's an extra spiritual element to it as well.
0: So we talked about the chickens. We're doing the yep. chicken coop. And then we're, we're, we we're have more chickens than we need. Some die. Things happen. Predators might get some. So we have way more than we need. And,
1: if and we, we want to bless eat, people. Yeah. And if we need to eat a chicken. Eat like, a
0: chicken. But also we're yeah. going to get way more eggs than we need. But maybe that can be a little side hustle for the neighborhood, one of our kids. Or we can give them away to people. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: On average, our family, I don't know if you knew this, but as a family of 10, almost 11, we go through about nine dozen eggs
0: a week. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, nine to 11 dozen. Nine to 11 dozen. <sighs> That's a That's few eggs. an insane amount of eggs. Um, You're so, talking
0: about 100 eggs here? Over 100 eggs?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy amount of eggs. I mean, hey, we have... Like tons of growing teenage boys, too, yeah. that are eating like five to six meals a day.
0: So just remember so. when you help with the ministry, when you buy a product, it's buying a few eggs. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. Anyway, so it's good to have chickens. There's nothing like fresh eggs, right, honey? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing that we've done in the past that we have not started on this project... See, this is the thing. You guys, we are giving a list, but we're not saying you have to do it all, all right now. Yeah, it's not a We definitive. are not doing it We're probably it all.
0: missing things, you know? We're not experts Yeah, and
1: we're not doing it all right now either. We yeah. have to pick our battles and evaluate the season of life we're in. I'm going to be having the baby in June, okay? So we had to go, all right, are we going to do our annual rv trip with our kids and if so then we there's clearly no way we can do chickens chicken coop fixing the studio and greenhouse garden and having somebody here to take care of all that while we're, we're gone while
0: we're also remodeling house and
1: you know. so yeah and and having a baby it's a
0: light remodel it's like paint and trim and things like that for the most part
1: I will say they did a fantastic job on my master bathroom. Did you know I didn't have a shower? Anyways, so we share all that kind of stuff in our Instagram stories. You can go look at our highlights because I have one titled Renovation.
0: I have one uh, podcast studio.
1: Yeah. So anyways, um, but you guys, we had a greenhouse in Damascus and we learned a lot the hard way with that greenhouse because I would not build the same one the same way.
0: So we're learning, but but a greenhouse is important so you can do things year-round, right? Right.
1: So that is on our agenda to have a greenhouse in the future so that we can have certain foods all year round without having to drive crazy amounts of time. Into I love your, uh,
0: healthy mom hacks workshop because it talks about what you can do inside your house too, with herbs and things like that. So we yes. won't go into that. It's free at Courage house Parenting. Plants. Yeah. But, uh, multiple energy sources we talked about. Mm-hmm. What other energy sources could you have? Like solar? We don't, but that's, that could be really powerful. It is something
1: we've talked about putting on the greenhouse though. Yeah. So that it kind of, the energy it's self-sufficient in that regard regarding heat in the winter and some, um, I know, I know 11 years
0: ago, they were trying to sell me solar to put on my house and I'm like, well, what's the output? Well, that's not, I'm going to need more solar panels than the size of my roof because it was so ineffective back then. But today it's very effective. Like the effectiveness, mm-hmm. how much energy is produced and, and all yeah. this way is it works. It's good. Yeah.
1: So, you know, like I said, we have learned a lot of things over the years. There's things that we would do again, things we wouldn't do again, which makes building a chicken coop much easier, makes building a greenhouse a little bit. We're just going to be doing things differently. But we're also not doing the greenhouse this year. Yeah. Um, and part of that too, you have to look at where you're at. Like, I don't want the deer eating my entire garden.
0: So, so gardens so. is a, a separate than a greenhouse like how can you do gardens so we mm-hmm. we have to think through that there's a lot of elk that roam through our property so eight feet is the fence height and it has to be a really strong fence uh to prevent elk from getting in so that's going to be a trick and you might mm-hmm. uh, watch us in the future for how we solve that uh <laughs> we're still
1: thinking about that we're one. still
0: thinking through all that mm-hmm. water yeah, unbelievable things we take for granted uh water i'm dealing with water right now because we're trying to figure out what's the cleanest source of water on the property. It came with a well, but we don't really like the water coming from the well. And there's natural springs in the area. Mm-hmm. So I, we dug a big hole and we found a natural, uh, what appears to be a natural spring with cleaner water. And then we found an unused well. We're going to test those waters. We're really trying to figure out what source. Mm-hmm. But then how do you power that source? Okay, so if you, if you have city water and electricity goes out. Well, how are you going to have water? How are you going to have water? It's something to think about. Uh, you can do tanks in your garage, big tank, and there's systems you can put in your garage to, for holding water, uh, for example. Or mm-hmm. where is your local source and, that you can go get water periodically mm-hmm. for drinking and things like that? Um, you know, but then it, you know, what is the conditioning system that you need for water? Or you know, what if what if you have to leave your house and you have to drink out of a, mm-hmm. a stream? Do you have something that filters stream water? Um, you know, if you're jumping about.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that water is one of those things that a lot of people just kind of take for granted and they just, you know, whatever, wherever they live, they just drink whatever they have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are becoming more aware. I know about 15, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. visiting a naturopathic doctor, I started learning about um, alkalinity and acidity and body absorption of minerals minerals. And the necessary amounts of sodium and all that kind of stuff. And we had invested in a conga water machine because our water was not alkaline enough. Right. And um, now we're in the opposite situation where we have such high alkalinity that we have to figure out how to bring it down. So but this is the thing, you guys don't just not test your water. Yeah. Like it actually affects your health long term. Massive. And it affects your kids health long term and so these are things that like these are jurisdictions that we should be aware of because they actually have a huge effect on
0: us so one of the things i'm doing because it's here is on this more shallow well that's not being used if the water tests well i'm going to put a hand pump on it also so if electricity goes out i run out of any kind of fuel to power a generator or anything at the last resort we can hand pump Water.
1: Like Little House on Prairie Days. And
0: we're good to go. (laughs) Yeah. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Uh, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at courageousparenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six week self paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at courageousparenting.com.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. in our mind it's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this here's what i think you should do it's let me show you where in scripture this is do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it one of the best things that we've done this year one of the best investments we've made this year and i could not recommend it more we're no longer fearing dark days ahead but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation so you know okay that was quite a lot on water but water is important um you know bulk food this is a a jurisdiction that i personally take on myself Mm -hmm. isaac is kind of manning up the water situation um and The bulk food is a big deal. So for us, even though we're talking about uncertain times, I'll just be honest with you guys. 10, 12, 15 years ago, when we were living in Damascus, when we had five kids, six kids, the reality is Damascus,
0: not Syria, is the outskirts of Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So thank you for that clarification. Um, So we had a vineyard. We had a garden. We had chickens. We had a dog. We had six kids under 10. I was homeschooling. There was a lot going on. Isaac was running multiple businesses. I had just written my book. There was Life was busy. Do you think I had a lot of time for grocery shopping? No. And I actually don't enjoy grocery shopping, but it's my jurisdiction to provide good food for my family. And so I realized very quickly that it was much cheaper to buy in bulk, first of all, and the Bible does exhort wives to be prudent, wives to be frugal, and to be cooking, nourishing foods for our families. I feel like that is also another one of my main jurisdictions. And so I found that I could kill two birds with one stone by having bulk food, because not only could I save money, but I didn't have to go grocery shopping as often. And so yes, we, in other people's eyes, we may have looked like we were prepared to live off of what we had for three to six months. And we were. However, it was also because it was out of necessity of not wanting to, ha- I wanted to be a good steward of my time.
0: Yeah, money is cheaper. And
1: Yeah. And I wanted to be a good steward of my time and my time, it would just, it was too much time to take all the kids grocery shopping all the time. we would become
0: a society so. that literally goes to the grocery shop, gro- grocery store daily or every other day. I mean, the average person, I don't know the status, but it's very, very often. And
1: And they always buy more than they need. Yeah. I mean, I know I do. Everybody does. And there's a does.
0: temptation to buy things that aren't good for us because of momentary. Like just
1: stop at the Starbucks stand in the Safeway. So it can, it yeah. just
0: becomes expensive because I get the extra Starbucks. Oh, Target. Oh, the Target has new clothes now and whatever. Okay. So yeah. it can become this uh, ex- more expensive route. And so, it's it's, so it's it's so it's a very cool thing to do bulk food. But now it's kind of like. I think it's prudent to do that if you can. Right. Uh, I know you just recently had a friend come over that's going to be our neighbor. We're so excited. And she helped you redo the pantry and label oh, things yeah. and get these big containers. And- well,
1: I had, I already had a couple of the big containers. Smart Food Solutions. I've had a lot of people ask me for this because I've done a lot of Insta stories on yeah. this. Also, in a highlight on homemaking yeah. and organization on my Instagram. But um, you guys, label makers are revolutionary.
0: Yeah, and, thank you Stacy. Stacy brought Great over
1: up. a label maker and she was helping me to label things which has made the unload of the groceries so much easier because that's something that we delegate to our kids. Mom does the shopping with a few of the bigger kids to help mm. with lifting, but then when we get home, the kids unload and put things away and that would quickly disorganize any organization I had in my pantry. And so having a label maker actually made it so that we're kind of keeping we a are. certain it's, amount it's of organization, really well. which is really good. Yeah. Um, but you guys, I just also wanted to share with you, there's an aspect of being prepared regarding clothing. Okay. And this reminds me, of Proverbs 31. So I just want to read a portion of Proverbs 31 with so you. Good. Because one of the things that we've done for clothing over the years, I know many of you already do this. It's like when you have a baby and the baby wears that zero to three month outfit, maybe two times you wash it and you put it in a Rubbermaid tub and you label it and you save it for the next baby. Right? Mm-hmm. I know we had boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of everything labeled girls boys zero to three zero to three. you know like we saved so much money because this is reality you can either buy something once or you can buy it four times or in my case nine times nine times nine babies do you guys know when we first got married i had my heart set on this crib and changing table
0: mm-hmm.
1: and isaac was like and, we don't even have a kitchen table at the time, we had a fold-up table and fold-up chairs because we were newlyweds.
0: I didn't want to buy I, something cheap. I wanted to invest in something quality, so therefore, we didn't buy anything. So
1: we just used what we had. It was like a ta- it was fold-up chairs and a fold table yeah. from the office yeah. from the business we had, and that was our dining room table till we could afford it. But here, I was about to have a baby, wanted a crib, but I didn't want to spend a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars on a crib that could potentially break after the second baby if we had two you know, if we had two. And so I found this really beautiful sleigh crib, right? And I had read articles about how babies can't crawl out of them very easily and comparatively speaking. And I had all this, like, I had my plan of how to convince Isaac to let me have it. And one of them was, this is a legacy heirloom piece for our family. And he just laughed, but being the the loving, cherishing husband he is he let me buy this crib and, and like, matching changing it was like table
0: like $1,200 later and while well, that might not seem a lot we were that was like in the this beginning. was
1: 21 years I, ago I, you guys it was a lot of money back I was a then. young
0: yeah. guy trying to provide you know and I just remember whoa
1: that's a lot of money but he, God
0: please provide more
1: <laughs> <laughs> but can I say praise the Lord we have used that crib Non stop. We still have the same crib. We never had to buy a crib again. Yeah. And it is beautiful and it will be used for grandbabies someday, possibly. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. we have nine kids. And so it's going to get uh,
0: refurbished this year to match the house. Yeah. So.
1: so, you know, there are things you need to be prudent. But there are some things that can be good investments. That was a solid wood mm. crib. And so I didn't want to buy someone's plastic that was going to break. Um, but but in talking about clothes and saving things, there is this thing out there called this minimalist mm. movement, right? And, Which is fine. And, and I'll be honest, there are biblical aspects to this. I have tried, I, I also get rid of things, I declutter often. People who know me well know I'm always taking stuff and dropping things off at Salvation Armies and different places like that. Or mission houses. And I love giving to people as well. Um, but there are certain things that it's like, is this going to be a prudent investment for my family and I'm going to hang on to it? A minimalist would say, no, get rid of it. You just had a baby. Get rid of that crib. Mm-hmm. Where are you hanging on to it? But I may have saved us tons of money yeah. by having a nice crib and hanging on to it for twenty years. And all the
0: clothes you've held onto, right? Which is amazing. Because you can
1: either buy clothes once or you can buy them. In hand, my case, nine times. Hand me
0: downs to other kids.
1: So, here are here is Proverbs thirty one. Okay, there there's the whole thing is actually very very encouraging, but at verse ten it talks about the woman who fears the Lord. Okay, an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels other translations say rubies. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of game. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of merchant. She brings her food from afar. Do you think she just goes and gets um a pound of fish or do you think she goes and she gets like Fifty pounds when she goes goes all the way to the merchant ships. She's probably buying bulk. She's not just go- walking as long distance get one. Yeah. Okay, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household for all her household are clothed in scarlet. So of course her trust is in the Lord. I mean mm. this is a, a yeah. reflection of scarlet the blood of the lamb and mm-hmm. she has her trust in Jesus. But she so there's there's this but she makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen linen and purple. She's prepared, you guys. She's working hard. There's not even though she's trusting in God, she's fearing the Lord. That's what this whole thing is about. It just continues on and on. She strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She laughs at no the fear time of it. to come. There's no fear of the snow. There's no fear of what's happening. Because she fears the Lord. She believes what he says and she works hard at her jurisdictions. And I'm not going to continue because I could It's quite a long um, passage, but you guys, it's encouraging in regards to this concept of what are our jurisdictions? Are we being prudent? Are we being frugal? And there is an element that I don't agree with in the minimalist movement. I will say this. There's a reason why People, you said this, people who lived in the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why they continued canning years and years later. My great grandma was 94 when she died and she started taking care of me in her 70s when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And she always had her cellar full of canned foods and she had both an electric washing machine and dryer and she had a clothesline and she had a water basin. And she taught me how to use those things because she thought they were worthwhile skills and she realized she grew up in the Great wow. Depression. Water basin. And so yeah, we don't have one yet.
0: I'll do an Insta story when Angie's doing the water basin.
1: <laughs> no, you I'm guys just
0: kidding. She's never done no, it.
1: I've not done it. I've Although I have seen, wa- I've, hand I've never, washed. I've
0: never seen you do it. I
1: will say the sink in our laundry room has that the grinder right. thing on it. And I have had to use that on some of your painted clothes. Oh, that's true. But just to get stains out, hand washing. But my point is, you guys. There's a reason why they kept doing that. It was because it was being prepared yeah. and being responsible. And so
0: another point on the list is protection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that means could mean guns, mm-hmm. uh, uh, survival tools. Um, mm-hmm. It could be an a- ammunition, mm-hmm. uh, these kinds of things. I was sitting uh, on my recent plane trip next to a, a former Marine uh, who was in Afghanistan. Uh, now he's a medic helping COVID patients. Um, so it was interesting. I, I asked him candidly, you know, what what guns do you have? And I loved his response. Well, you know, guns are tools. You know, you have the right mm-hmm. tool for the right use. And so then he went in and I can tell you what, what he had uh, or what I have, because uh, I think that's prudent today. But um, you definitely, you know, you definitely need to think about that. You know, what, what do you have in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of that? And I do think it's important to have protection, not mm-hmm. because we fear or anything like that. I just think that's an important thing. Well,
1: and, I mean, there's there's other uses for having those same kinds yeah. of tools. I mean, you may have to hunt.
0: Well, yeah. So, you know, there's a reason a shotgun's a good thing to have because you can easily shoot birds for food. Um, so there's, there's uh, an example, okay? So, um, and then there's short short range and long range purposes so just be thinking about those things right um and in addition to guns you have scopes and sights and ammo uh, ammo and slings to hold Mm -hmm. it like if Mm -hmm. you have to or or small things that fit in backpacks if you're if you're having to depart from Mm -hmm. your property or things Mm -hmm. like that so stuff to think about all right um now uh books we talked about books a lot in the previous part one but it's worth talking about again um, here, because educational, uh, just a review, uh, got to have books you might not be able to get access to in the future uh, for your kids, history, things like that,
1: or even just um, biblical worldview stuff that is taught from a biblical worldview versus a humanistic or a post-Christian worldview, right? Um, even just a lot of books are written from worldviews that are very fascist and there's relativism and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of different philosophies and theories. And y- you guys listen, when, when you're teaching your kids, you want them to be founded on the word of God. We went over the spiritual prepping massively for a long time in the previous yeah. episode. So you got to go listen to that. This cannot, is not a full message without that. Amen. Okay. But when it comes to having curriculum teaching them things to have the biblical worldview is life transforming for your legacy, for your kids' faith, for your grandkids' faith. And so we cannot, um, we, we will not ever change our opinion. 21 years ago when you said, Hey, books and food, that's, I will try my best to provide so you can get those things. We started investing and I will say, there was a time you brought it up in the last pag- podcast where it was hard for you when it was a struggle to provide mm. money for food, right? Well, praise God, we had already invested in good books because as far as homeschooling went, we had a huge plethora that was ready for that uncertain time. So it didn't we didn't skip a beat when it came to homeschooling and, and to education. Books, yeah. And I want that for you guys. And so as an older sister who's been homeschooling for over 20 years. I just, I cannot um, encourage you enough to be wise in what you choose. If you need help in that, we do have the homeschooling blueprint course and I have an entire video that goes through the different books that are worth it. And I even share the ones that are not worth the money. And so, a
0: resource list, 45 yeah. page work, workbook. Then yeah. Yeah. So
1: if you need guidance in that, there is guidance for you in that. That's what I'm saying. Um, and, and again, you can go to the Courageous Parenting for these show notes as well.
0: Now, also skills is listed here on our list of developing these skills. That was also in the point in part mm-hmm. one of resourcefulness. But what skills do you want to make sure you're good at? Mm-hmm. What do you want to make sure you're skilled at? Self-defense could be one for your kids, right? You want to feel more confident than being out there in the world. Maybe they need to know how to defend themselves. That's an important skill that we've tended to and will continue to tend to. Um, you know, Other skills that will be good for them. I know that uh, the, our, I think the world about our, our girls
1: love to bake bread, which has been a huge blessing to us at times, right? Yeah. And so, um, and it's fun to grind your own wheat and make your own bread or just even buy flour and to make your own bread. This is a good skill for all people to know. I mean, our boys know how to make fry bread, which is a super fast way, um, a recipe we got from a grandpa. So, there are things that, you know, as far as like basic nutrition basic needs yeah. um that are life skills it's a life skill to know how to keep a plant alive this is a good thing for kids and you know what we've had some some times where we've said hey can you be in charge of this and then the plant dies and it's a good lesson for the kid because they have to go "Whoa, okay so how am i going to do it to keeping a kid alive <laughs> right like you yeah. gotta really you gotta attend to it it has to be a priority and so um You got to let your kids, as you're learning these skills too, you got to let them come alongside you. You as a parent do not have to know how to do everything you can learn alongside your kids. I'm doing it
0: every day. We're doing construction projects. We're doing all kinds of things that are new to me.
1: And I will say one of the things Isaac said in the last one, which is worth repeating is internet may be down at some point. And so that's another good reason why it's a good idea to invest in some books regarding self sufficiency, how to do things, how to build a chicken coop, how to keep chickens, how to like how to sew, how to make bread, things like that. you you it really is much better to have a good book on it mm-hmm. that you can then pass down from generation to generation then just always relying on I think there's
0: going to be a surge in popularity of books I just really do because as uh, Mm -hmm. censorship continues and these things um, you won't be
1: able to get the good books only the bad ones will be available you'll want
0: want good resources you can trust uh, as well okay so work ethic is an important thing on our list Mm -hmm. so building work ethic within your kids uh, so they can know how to work really really hard for example today while we're doing this uh, two of our kids are tearing down carefully all the trim in the living area of her house, kitchen, living room, dining, dining room, room okay, hallways, hallways. Laundry room. They're pulling it all down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan's going to sand and Luke is going to stain and they're just cranking out there and we're prepping to paint. We're putting shiplap up today. These are skills yeah. they've learned since we moved just six months ago.
1: And just to give you an idea, when we moved into the house, there was about six different colors of wood, maybe more
0: it was gradually put together
1: yeah so we had dark stained stuff and orangey reddish stained wood and we had oak stained and i'm not i'm not a
0: butterscotch color fan
1: (laughs) anyways so you know one of our goals when we came in was just to kind of make everything look the same and it's not like a it's not an urgent thing. That's why we have waited because yeah. the studio is more urgent. The chicken coop yeah, more so urgent. Yeah, so we work
0: and do things. And
1: so, um, but now we're at this place where we're like, okay, we actually need to paint before the baby's born and stuff like that. So the kids are working hard on that. In fact, you probably just heard a couple bangs right there. Yeah, so bang, work bang. ethic's
0: important and, and they have an expectation that we're going to work into the night tonight. It's a big day because of the timeline. Yep. Uh, we're going to work really, really hard I, with appropriate yep. breaks.
1: And I will, I just want to put in a plug for homeschooling here. A lot of people have, I, well, Not a lot. I've gotten a few people go, how are you doing school at the same time as all this? Well, I think that the biggest thing is that parents need to learn that homeschool is a way of life Mm -hmm. and that school is not just opening a book or rewriting and regurgitating copy work. And Mm -hmm. so they're learning life skills that are foundational, just incredible, that can offer them job security in the future.
0: Well, let's wrap up this list and go to the last two points. Resilience. Uh, you need to be doing that. And if there's no, um, you can't have resilience unless people experience the other R resistance. (laughs) So the R's go together. Yeah. Well, how can you experience resilience if you never experience resistance? So I'm never going to put my kids in situations on purpose to experience resistance. I love them. That'd be too hard to do, but we want to not be over sheltering our kids or overprotecting them where they don't experience resistance. Um, so just be aware of that. What? Mm-hmm. So we need to create resilience in our kids and they're going to model our resilience. Are you being too safe? Are you being too protective to where, and are you not trying new things so that you don't experience resistance? Are you not breaking out of your comfort zone so that you don't have to be, you know, are mm-hmm. you, are you trying to avoid pain at all costs and you're you're missing out on fruitfulness because of it. And so resilience comes yeah. through, you know, doing,
1: in faith, actually doing things
0: in faith. Mm-hmm. And they need to see you doing it and you share stories. Work mm-hmm. on some of those stories and too. And then let
1: them. You gotta let them. Isaac said a second ago about not being too overprotective. You gotta let your kids try some things. So for me to just say, Hey Drew. Let's uh, talk about some plans on the chicken coop and for him to draw them out and do the measurements and talk about angles and all this stuff. I mean, he's doing math like crazy. And then to say, hey, yeah, buddy, I trust you You can do this on your own. And he got so fired up.
0: Or then the trencher, not the little trencher, the machine you ride on that digs a three foot hole. Okay, I started like a line and I showed him in about seven minutes. And then he did it and I watched him for a little bit. And then I had another kid out there with a the phone watching him to make sure he was safe to call me. And then I went and did other things. And he trenched a 200 foot uh, trench uh, with that trencher. To
1: lay electrical wire. Uh, you know, yeah.
0: He's, he's uh, 14. 14. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, re- trusting your kids to do more. They will mm-hmm. rise to the level of uh, responsibility. You judge that yeah. though.
1: So another resource we've talked about that we did, we kind of didn't mention it was wood, wood stove.
0: Oh, yeah. Heat is a big deal, right? Yeah. A source, a natural source of fuel that can heat your home Mm -hmm. called a wood stove (laughs) is important.
1: Right. So you can at least drive out and chop down a tree. uh, uh, If
0: everything breaks down, Mm -hmm. you could, I I mean, and even if we run out of wood for some reason, which is hard because you can chop trees down, I could tear an outbuilding down. Where we are and burn it like you want to keep your family warm, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever mm-hmm. we just Texas, it's all in the news, right? People were burning furniture to keep mm-hmm. warm, mm-hmm. and even if they didn't have a wood stove, they're doing they had to do it in dangerous ways. Mm-hmm. And so, a wood stove is on the front of people's minds. You got to orientate yourself or your house if you can to have a wood stove. I think that's really important, or a
1: fireplace, yeah, a wood burning fireplace at the least, right? Not something that's gonna. dependent upon electricity i mean you can get a propane but we also had a propane burning fireplace at one point that just required a a lighter yeah but um but that also burned real wood so there are many options there it's not just a wood stove but the point is is be as efficient as possible be prepared be thinking ahead so so isaac you know one of the questions that we've gotten we've gotten two big questions they are almost identical but situations flip-flopped in marriage. Where sometimes the husband is like all gung-ho, like, I feel like we need to move, we need to be on land, or we, or and or, we need to prepare, and or, I need another job, I've been thinking about transitioning to this because this isn't as secure. Mm-hmm. Multiple different discussions coming up in marriages, yeah. and sometimes the wives are like, you feel like God's telling you this, but how come God's not telling me this? Sure. I'm not feeling this way. Or we've had the opposite happen as well, where I've, we've, I've gotten messages from wives, especially last March when um, it was hard to get a hold of things. Things were going out of stock, right? Vitamin C is out of stock. To- toilet paper is out of stock. Eggs are limited to one dozen per family. Chicken limited. All kinds of things are being limited. And they're like, Weeks before that, we're having a conversation with their husband saying, I think we need to prepare and get some things. And the husband's saying, I think you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about and doesn't support it. So she doesn't get prepared. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the shelter in place happened and people were caught off guard and it was hard for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now there's like this tension potentially in the marriage because it's like, I saw this coming. Why didn't you listen to me? Or maybe there's... There's this different stuff. So we wanted to bring these two very similar yet different because roles are swept, yeah. swapped, swept swapped. swapped. Um, marriage conversation up to you guys, because ultimately it comes down to this. You are a team. You are a team. You are one mm-hmm. when you are married and the jurisdictions, though there are different ways that your husband may be wired than you are. There are similar yet different jurisdictions in some regards, right? Especially if you're living biblical roles within marriage. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there can be tension, okay? And so the first thing that I want to encourage wives and husbands is to be praying for the other spouse. You absolutely 100% need to be praying for them to be in alignment with God's word and will. That is it, because the reality is, is we have gone back to scripture over and over again on this concept of prepping with a biblical mindset for uncertain times, which includes end times, but it also includes the fact that tomorrow you could lose a job or lose a home. You don't need to worry about those things, but you do need to realize your responsibility and caring for your family. We have gone through scripture. Yeah. So if you pray for yeah. your spouse to be in alignment with God's word and will, they will come around.
0: Now, this sometimes this comes down to a financial discussion because um, either there isn't enough resource or in a lot of cases there is, but we have savings goals and that should be on the list here. You should save if you can, or if you are having a hard time save, what can you do to have savings uh, financially? Uh, super important. There was times <laughs> where we did, times where we lost it all, and uh, but savings are important thing. Now, sometimes it's more about the hurting the savings goal or like, it's like a game sometimes to the guys, sometimes to the wives too, of like, how can I get this to increase? So we don't want to use savings for some of these prep things. And I would say there's a balance. Like if if the spouse is being prompted that we needed to take care of something, the other person should listen. Mm-hmm. And even though God's not telling the other person, God might be telling the other spouse for a reason so you both understand. Mm-hmm. And and we should listen to each other and pay attention to that. Um,
1: hey, listen. And
0: sometimes you use savings for yeah. these things.
1: And I would say, too, so there's a couple things as far as why is he telling me or why is he telling her and not me? Yeah. Okay, because it can go either way. The Holy Spirit's the one that disperses the gifts among the body for the edification of the whole. That also includes in marriage. hmm there, sometimes God will, in his goodness as a father, tell one spouse or give wisdom or discernment to one for the protection of the whole family. Sometimes he does for both and mm-hmm. they're completely in alignment. Well, wouldn't that be awesome if that always happened that way? But it doesn't always happen that way, you guys. The reality is, is sometimes, sometimes uh, this is another aspect could be totally different. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes where Isaac is actually just growing in the Lord actually more than I am. And he's hearing from the Lord in a different kind of way. And maybe, maybe I'm just really struggling. And sometimes that's vice versa. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's not a struggle. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe it's too much on the plate, too overwhelmed. Guess what? The reality is, is if the Holy Spirit wants your family to do something, he's going to He's going to speak through one of the two of you. You are one together. Okay. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is as a parent, God is a good father to us. We are all his children. Mm -hmm. And think about yourself as a parent. Now, maybe you have twin 14 year olds and one is just super athletic and they're in all these activities and sports and all these things and they're overwhelmed and there's no way that they could add one more thing to their schedule, but you really need help with something. But the other twin, the other twin has more time and actually enjoys the thing that you're looking for help on. Who are you going to go to? You're probably going to go to that twin mm-hmm. potentially, right? It's different kids and different seasons that might potentially become overwhelmed by something. I know that as a mom having many little kids at one time if if I was told by the Lord that that covid was going to happen, I might have gotten overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? But God actually showed Isaac before it, it was a big thing in America. He it, he was traveling and he realized, well, okay, different states are handling this and we need to get some things because we have a large family. And if he would not have seen that and prompted me while he was out of town, I wouldn't have been able to get stuff just before we got COVID because we did end up getting it once he came home and it was a huge help to our family.
0: I didn't know if it was a big deal or not, but I knew, I know the human condition and I knew that people would make it a big deal even if it wasn't and if it was a big deal they'd make it a big deal so either way i felt like it was going to be a big deal
1: right yeah so my point is though is that sometimes god and his goodness he tells the one that can't handle the message, hear it and obey it right away. So so,
0: so communicate, trust each other. But it's hard to trust one of you if uh, you're not in the word and you're not walking strong with God. And, and that's understandable. Yeah. But we still need to respect each other and work things mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. And the final uh, point is community. You know, we just moved recently and um, you can build community wherever you're at. That's been a message we've been talking about mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool to go to this HOA meeting recently. Uh, they're all five acre parcels or bigger. So, But there, there's an HOA most importantly because everybody uh, needs the water for irrigation that comes from the river. which For farming. For yeah. farming, which takes uh, huge uh, machinery and, and these things and to do and, yeah. and, and work and people to gut, you know, maintain, it, maintain it and these kinds of things. So a lot <laughs> of it's surrounded around that. But what I really found fascinating about the meeting was the level of care. The level of care... For the community, for everybody's farms, mm-hmm. for the water, for you know uh, protection, uh, you know if there's fire or these different things. And- well, and
1: even one one lady in the in the community came up to you and she said something that really encouraged me. She said, "We take care of our own here." Like yeah. We take care of our neighbors. We take care of each other. And she had some wisdom regarding um, like a fire evacuation.
0: A lot of veterans. Out of
1: our property, Patriots,
0: right? people love America. And
1: I just, there is something very special when you have that perspective of love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's rare. I get that. But it is important to know who your neighbors are. It's important to, to know what the Bible says about The uncertain times, the end times Mm -hmm. when things are getting closer, because God warns us that even fathers and brothers could potentially be turning people in. And I think that that is something that we forget a lot of times and we go, "Whoa, why am I being persecuted this way? but God's word actually tells us that. So we need to have our community of people that's going to be supportive, that we can also support and help one another in uncertain times. Yeah. And we've shared many stories over the years. Let's end on a couple scriptures. Okay. So we have Romans 13, seven through eight, which is there, you know, there Isaac talked about the importance of not making an idol out of being, Um, self-sufficient in the Mm -hmm. previous podcast and how that can actually become a temptation for people to be independent from community, independent from the body of Christ. We're against that, but this particular scripture is important for us to also heed. It says, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Oh, no, no, no one, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And then he goes into love your neighbor as yourself. So, um, this again, is in Romans chapter 13, verse seven through eight. And you know, this is an important aspect. Like when you're prepping, you need to evaluate, like, who do you owe? Are you making wise choices? Don't go into debt to do these things. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to prioritize and make wise decisions as a married team. Right? And then you start moving forward on your list of things. And remember that this all comes back to the Great Commission. What you have is God's, it's not just for you, it's not just for your kids, it's also to model for your kids the Great Commission and utilizing these things that God has given you. To have eternal impact to be able to share the gospel the minimalist thing is that is christian is you don't want to have so much stuff that you don't have time to to deal with the eternal souls right because the great commission is all about making disciples it's about eternity and i'm for that but there's also an element of when you have something that you can share with someone else when they're in need you, that opens the door to be able to share the gospel. So we got to find a balance yeah. between the two, right? We don't want to be hoarding and but we are, and pack ratting, but we also don't want to be so minimalist that we have nothing to actually bless people with.
0: And Hey, don't be overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff said here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what can you do? Uh, what are your first steps, uh, or the next step? And we're the same way. Yeah. We have our next step, which, uh, right you know, we're working on. So uh, bless you guys. And uh, want to finish with one scripture?
1: Yeah, there was just one that you actually wanted to share with the guys just regarding the marriage. Um, just the concept of marriages in first Timothy chapter five.
0: That is right. We got it verse right here versus verse eight. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Um, that unfortunately needs a little explanation um so it's really important you understand there are seasons where we don't provide mm-hmm. i explained one of mine and brothers came along but the overall thing is if someone is d- it's due to laziness mm-hmm. or lack of wisdom on purpose or these kinds of things then it's a really big deal so let's right. let's have wisdom let's be prepared and it doesn't mean we're not in need That you should not be shamed if you fall into need when you're Mm -hmm. striving and you're not a lazy person and these Mm -hmm. kinds of things that happens to us and we should take care of each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. So bless you and uh, have a great one.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.